blessing, wasn't it? Don't ever give up, just pray. Appreciate that. Good to see all of you here today. And uh, I want to share with you this morning, uh, this message uh, is one that I've been working on for several weeks. And I also, to get this out of the way, not all of it is original with me. There's nothing that's new under the sun. There's a good good message out there that's been preached. Why not preach it again? Amen? Amen? How many of you preachers have ever done that before? Any of you Sunday school teachers ever taught another person's Sunday school lesson? Amen. Absolutely. If it's good, it's good the second, third, and fourth, fifth time. Now, every time you bring a message or you speak, uh, you ought to make it yours. So this one's mine. And uh, I'm asking you to make it yours. However, the Lord speaks to you about it. But I just want you to know, for me, this has been something that's been going on for weeks in my life. And I pray it will be very helpful to you. And I've been helped with something. And uh, honestly, someone helped me see something that I've never seen it quite like that before. Now, that doesn't mean that, that mean that you know, God gives an extra revelation to someone. It just means just never have seen it like this before. And I want to share it. It's been very helpful to me. So would you open your precious Bible this morning to the book of Hebrews of the New Testament, chapter number 12. I do understand this is the last Sunday of Home Improvement Month, and I want to deal with a subject that I believe that definitely affects our homes, our relationships, our families. It can can affect our church families, our church relationships. It can affect life. And there's not one here today that will not understand what the subject is. There's not one person here, even if you're a small child. It might not be in the same degree as some of us adults have dealt with this. But again, when we deal with the subject, everyone will be aware of it. Let me just say before I start, Hebrews chapter 12 is where we'll be reading. But I want to just say, uh, Mr. Stone's going to be having a procedure tomorrow. Miss Sarah, what time is that? In the morning. Okay. And so this is going to be a T.C. Thompson. So Mr. Stone, we want to pray for you tonight. And so uh, I want to also encourage all the workers. You need to be here tonight. Plus, I'm not going to finish this message this morning. And so if you're going to have to, if you're going to want the remedy, uh, you're going to have to come back tonight. And I would hope all of our children workers will be here. And we want to have a special prayer for Mr. Stone. He's got to go back to sleep tomorrow. You're becoming a pro at that, buddy. And, uh, but we're going to pray that God, we know he's going to take care of him. Look, he's brought him this far. I guarantee he's going to bring him all the way through. Amen. I believe that, no doubt about it. But um, Hebrews chapter 12, I want to deal with the subject. And let's begin reading with verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. The Bible says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Notice verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. In other words, not saying there that if you don't live a certain way, you're not going to see the Lord. What that verse teaches there is if you do not, as a Christian, do not live and and, uh, follow peace and holiness, then people won't see the Lord in you. Verse 15 is my text. Looking diligently, 
Lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Now, very carefully here, the Lord, through the inspiration of his word, deals with a man named Esau, which we know became a bitter man. He became a bitter man. He actually, the Bible tells us that he married a certain person because his parents didn't approve. <laughs> so his, his bitterness, his struggle, and we'll talk about it later, but I think very, very eloquent. Of course, the, God's word is always right that he uses the exact illustration and the person that he wants to deal with. But here's the subject, the root of bitterness. How about this? The remedy for the root of bitterness. The remedy for the root of bitterness. Now, I'm going to split this message up. I'm probably going to make four statements this morning, and I'm going to preach on those four statements. And then tonight, we're going to look at the text, and we're going to bring the three points tonight. I might get into one of them. We're going to look at the text no matter what. I'm not taking four statements away from the text. I'm going to make four general statements, and then as we continue to look at our text, we're going to make three points and many, a couple of them are going to have subpoints underneath. So stay with me. I'm dealing with the root of bitterness. I am talking to people here today that all of us know what we're talking about here. I want to say before I do start on this subject of dealing or remedy for a root of bitterness, I want to give you the gospel. I want you to know something. Jesus Christ loved you so much, he died for you. He came to this sin-sick world, robed himself in flesh, 100% God, 100% man, and he came to save sinners of whom I am chief. The Bible says our sin separates us from God. And by the way, all of us are born sinners because our father and mother were born sinners because Adam and Eve sinned and that sin passed upon all man. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, the Bible tells us the first mention of the gospel. He said, I will put enmity between her seed and thy seed. He was speaking to Satan. And we know that on Calvary, we know that the, his heel was bruised. The Lord Jesus Christ was bruised. We know the Lord Jesus Christ hung on a cross between heaven and hell. He was innocent. He was uh, God's son. Perfect. Had sinless blood. Yet he gave his life that we might go free. See, sin had to be paid for. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why Jesus came to pay for the sin debt of the whole world. If you're here this morning and you do not know that you're saved, I want to encourage you, you can be saved today. There's nothing like it. The Lord Jesus Christ loved you. He loves you so much that He came to this earth bled and died, raised from the dead, that your sin can be paid for. Why? He paid for it. And when he died and raised from the dead, he satisfied the holiness and the righteousness of God Almighty because sin was not given a pass. It had to be paid for. And Jesus Christ paid for your sin. 
So if you want to pay for your sin, it's already been paid for. But if you want to pay for it, I think it is the most foolish, the most, I mean the most fearful thing that you could ever do is say, well, I'm going to pay for it myself. Because if you pay for it for yourself, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You will pay for it in all eternity. But see, here's what's a blessing about it. The Lord Jesus has already paid it for you. So why don't you accept the gift this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ, he offers himself and he offers salvation to you full and free. Don't reject it. The Bible says the gift of God is eternal life. He is the door. The only way you're going to get to heaven is to get, go through the door and the Lord Jesus Christ is the door. How many of you glad you met the door? Amen. Now, I want to deal with this subject. I want to make four statements. Number one, everyone has been hurt. Everyone has been hurt. There's not one person in this building today that's never been hurt. You're not going to walk anywhere in Lookout Valley, in the state of Tennessee, the United States of America, and in the whole world, everyone has been hurt. Now, not the same way. Maybe I even mentioned children today. Children might be hurt in a different way. Maybe not in the same way. Maybe not to the same degree. But I want you to know something. This is a true statement. Everyone has been hurt. Number two. These hurts can turn to bitterness. They don't have to, but they can turn to bitterness. So the first statement is, Everyone's been hurt. Number two, these hurts that we have experienced, these hurts that we've had to deal with in our life can, doesn't have to, but can turn to bitterness. You do understand what bitterness is. Bitterness is just simply a hurt that you won't, that you won't get over. Bitterness is a hurt that you hold on to. Write it down. Bitterness is a hurt that you hold on to. So number one, everyone has been hurt. Number two, these hurts can. They don't have to, but they can turn to bitterness. You ever been around somebody and all they want to do is talk about how bad they've been hurt? How they've been wronged? How unfair things are? By the way, you're dealing with someone that has overcome, they've been overcome by this root, by the way, this root just doesn't stay a root, it overcomes, roots grow. You ever been around somebody and they're always talking about how unfair it's been, how bad it is and all of that, and I want you to know something, all of us are capable and the reason being is because these hurts can turn to bitterness. They don't have to, but they can. Number three, we're supposed to respond to these hurts with grace. Now the Bible says right here in Hebrews chapter 12, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. So I want you to know what would be a good definition of for grace. Think about it. We are to respond to these hurts with grace. The grace of God. By the way, I believe it is more than unmerited favor. 
I believe it is more than unmerited favor. Praise God. I'm glad God has given us grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's greater than unmerited favor. Think about it. Grace is here's what I'm just going to give you a little very simple definition that I think will be very helpful. It is giving good to people who deserve bad. Now I want you to think about that a minute. When God gave us grace, we deserve bad. But yet He gave us good. He gave us Jesus Christ and we spit in His face. Grace is giving good to those who deserve bad. Now I want you to put that in context, context of hurts and bitterness. We are to respond to our hurts not to fail of the grace of God. And by the way, I don't like this. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like this because there's no one within themselves that want to give good to somebody that's been bad. Nobody desires to do that. Nobody wakes up one day and says, Oh, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to do good to someone that has done bad to me. But God says we are to respond with grace to these hurts. Now think about it. Think about it. Let's say that I, I, I go to the edgies and they're going to be up here at the camp. But let's say that I go up to the edgies and I'm up there working at the camp and I go up to Miss Edgy and she's in the kitchen. And I say, Miss Edgy, would you fix me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I personally like peanut butter and banana sandwiches. So would you fix me a peanut butter and banana sandwich? And Miss Edgy would say, sure, Pastor, I'll fix you a peanut butter and banana sandwich. I'll say, oh, wow, she's giving me grace. She's fixing me a peanut butter and banana sandwich. But truthfully, that's not really grace. Let me tell you what grace is. Let's say that I go up there and as I've asked Miss Edgy and Brother Edgy's there and I ask them both if they will, she will fix me the peanut butter banana sandwich. But I go up there and I say to her, hey, would you do that? She says, sure. So I say, oh, she's showing me grace. Not really. But if I walk outside and I go to her Ford vehicle that she has out there and I slit all four tires... And then I go in there and I pour sugar down in her gas tank. And then I go into their house and I take a knife and I just start ripping up and breaking all of their family pictures and cutting them in half and just destroying all of their pictures on the wall. And then she still fixes me a peanut butter and banana sandwich. That's grace. That's grace. Y'all with me? That's grace. I don't like that. But that's what Jesus has done for me. He has given me more than unmerited favor. I am in enmity with God. I am a sinner by nature. I am a sinner by choice. But yet He says to me, Mark, I love you. I want to give you good even though you've done me bad. That's grace. Now, to put that in context, now this is where it really gets porcupine preaching. Because none of us like this. Because none of us think it's fair. None of us enjoy doing this. None of us want to do this. We don't want to respond to the people that have hurt us with grace. But God says that's how we're supposed to respond to these hurts. Lest we fail of the good grace of God. Think about this. Think about this. We are supposed to respond to these hurts. Number one, everyone's been hurt. 
Number two, these hurts can. They don't have to. They can turn into bitterness. Number three, we are to respond based on the Bible that we are to respond to these hurts by giving grace to the one or to the thing that has hurt us. In other words, we're to give good. We're to do good to those that have hurt us. Now this fourth statement is the one that has helped me tremendously. Before I make it, I want to just say I have preached out of this passage many times. I have dealt with this subject many times. But I'm going to be honest with you, and we've all heard this passage preached this way. All right, now, all right, you got a, you got a root of bitterness. You're looking diligently for a root of bitterness, and now yet you got it. Listen, you need to come down to this altar. You need to come down here. You need to get down here. You need to give it to God. You need to say, Lord, take this bitterness away from me. And then we walk out, we get up out of there, we say, oh my, all of that's gone. Everything's gone. And then they go back, and then here, all of a sudden, three weeks later, something triggers that hurt. That trigger, that hurt comes up again. And the next thing you know, you're right back where you were. And we say, well, it didn't work. Here's what I've learned. Dealing with these hurts or these hurts that cause bitterness is not a one-time experience. Write it down. It's not a one-time experience, but let me tell you what it is. It is exercising that must be repeated every time the hurt or the bitterness springs up. I'll stay with me. Every time. See, we have this idea. We like these quick fixes. We like these ideas. Oh, Pastor Mark, you're not spiritual because you're struggling with something. No, I've learned something based on this passage of Scripture. The Bible never says here. There is nothing in this passage says that get rid of bitterness. You won't find it. The Bible says... Looking diligently lest any man follow the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up. In other words, they're going to spring up. Why? We've all been hurt. Number two, these hurts can lead to bitterness. They can. They don't have to. Number three, we're told that we are supposed to respond to these hurts by giving grace, doing good to the ones that's hurt us. But the fourth one is, we have this idea, oh my goodness, you got a root of bitterness in there. you got a root of bitterness in there. Oh, you got to get down to this altar. you got to make that right. you got to get down there and just say, God, take this bitterness. Yes, it is a cancer. Yes, it eats us up. Yes, it affects us. But oh, you say, God, I've come down to the altar. I've asked you to take this root of bitterness away. And then three weeks later, something springs up. Something triggers your mind. Something comes up again. And there you are again. Say, oh God, it didn't work. No, it's not what the passion said. The passion says we have to exercise ourselves unto godliness. We have to exercise. We have to exercise over and over and over and over every time it springs up. See, there's nothing in this passage that says, oh, you're going to get rid of the root of bitterness. I'll just get rid of it. You can't get rid of it. You know why? Because it's always true. That your best friend turned their back on you. 
It will always be true that you lost your job or you got fired. It will always be true that someone in your family hurt you. It will always be true that your child has a sickness or something in their life. It will always be true. You can't change it. So these hurts, you cannot say, oh, oh, I'll tell you right now, God, I've gotten over this. I, I, because the truth is, those things don't change. So every time those hurts come up or that bitterness comes up, you have to exercise yourself unto godliness. You have to exercise. Now look, as y'all can tell, I don't exercise. Well, somebody say something there. Pastor, you might not exercise, but you look all right, boy. Thank you. But you know, I, I was in high school, and I remember in high school we had gym class. And I didn't realize it, but in gym class there for one whole year, the, the gym teacher just kept making us run laps. Well, what I didn't know is before we could pass that grade or pass that class, we had to be able to run a mile in a certain amount of time. So man... Started that thing out, we was running. Man, he'd let us walk three laps, then he'd make us run six laps. And, he, and we did this every day during gym class. Like, man, what in the world is going on here? I mean, most gym classes just got to play football, basketball, or whatever, but I didn't realize in the 10th grade, you had to run a mile under a certain amount. And I can promise you this, I couldn't have run that mile but every day, that gym teacher exercised us. I mean, it was every day. And so by the end of the year, we exercised every day. By the way, he said, what you bunch of numbskulls don't understand? He said, I've been conditioning, y'all. You've got to pass this class. You've got to run a mile under a certain amount of time. And that's what. And I'm going to be honest with you. I did it over and over and over and over every day. And by the way, exercising is beneficial. And after a while, when you start exercising, so put this in context of a dealing with the hurt. Every time when it comes up, you're exercising yourself over and over and over. I promise you, it's beneficial. You ever heard someone says, well, sometimes it just takes time. It's a true statement. Why? Because these hurts don't change. These hurts, you cannot change the past. These hurts, you cannot do anything else other than, you can't forget them, so what do you have to do? God tells us, lest this root of bitterness, what do you do? You exercise yourselves every time it springs up. Over and over and over and over again. See, the Bible says we're to exercise ourselves under godliness. Because you know what? Here's what we like. We like them instant cures. And I'm just going to be honest with you all right now. I'm dealing with a subject. I love instant cures. But that ain't how it happens. There's no instant cure to dealing with a hurt that can cause bitterness. But God tells us the four statements. Number one, we've all been hurt, so we can sympathize. Everyone's been hurt. Number two, these hurts don't have to, but they can turn to bitterness. Number three, we're to respond to these hurts with grace. 
In other words, we're to do good to those that deserve bad. To the world, that seems crazy, and I'm even going to be honest with you. Even as a Christian, in my mind and in my fleshly tendencies, that is crazy. But doesn't the Bible say that we're to pray for those who that, that, that does so good to us? No, God's way says you pray for those that deceitfully use you. You're to give grace to that one. Now look, the world thinks this is crazy. And I'm going to be honest with you. In my flesh, without the Holy Spirit inside of me, I look at that and say, that's crazy. That's God's way. We're to give grace. We're to respond in grace. And then the fourth one one is, is it's not a one-time event. Overcoming bitterness or dealing with the root of bitterness or dealing with bitterness or dealing with these hurts is not, because look, that's all we've ever heard. It's all I've ever preached. Y'all stay with me. Y'all with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, huh? you got something you do? Get down here and get right with God. Get your heart down here on this altar. And man, you're supposed to have an instant cure. And you're not supposed to feel anymore. You're not supposed to hurt anymore. And God's going to take all that away. That's not what the Bible teaches. And then we feel like failures. Like, oh, uh, God was supposed to give me victory over this. No, you're to exercise under God. You're to exercise. So you exercise over and over and over. You say, Pastor, how long do you do it? As long as they keep springing up. And depending on the hurts, might take some time. But the truth is, you have to exercise. You have to exercise. You have to exercise. It's not just one decision. Oh, God miraculously took care of all that. No, 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 no. It's not the Bible. It says when the roots of bitterness springing up. Because look at me. They're going to spring up. They're going. Look, it could be an anniversary date of something that horribly happened to you. On that day, it's going to spring up. You're not super spiritual, so supernatural that you're not going to be human and not deal with tendencies to say, oh, I'm not going to remember that. I'm not going to struggle that day. No, you're going to struggle, but you exercise to do the things that God tells Tells us to do in those times. And I'm going to give you the remedy tonight. So if you don't come back tonight, you're going to miss the remedy. And I'm going to be honest with you, every one of you need it. So do I. You know why? Because everybody in this building has been hurt. Number two, every hurt can turn to bitterness. Don't have to, but can. Number three, we are supposed to respond to these hurts by grace. Number four, it's not a one-time experience that we try to get over a hurt or, or, or bitterness and think that everything's okay, the Bible says it springs up. So we have to exercise ourselves in the godliness and every time that it comes, every time it springs up. So let's look at the text. I'm going to stop right here with this one and then we'll finish tonight. I want you to look at the roots. Look what the Bible says in verse 15. Looking diligently lest any man fell of the grace of God. Notice this. Springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Look at that looking diligently lest a man. This what? Root of bitterness. Roots. Roots. Now this is an interesting statement. But the Bible says it's roots. Let me give you some interesting. Here's the first little sub point underneath that big point. 
roots. Roots are covered. Now, when I, I, I go out, and, and by the way, I, I love in my mind, I, I, for some reason here recently, I've been, I don't know why, but I've been going back to a nostalgia where I'm getting off of the bus, and I didn't even ride the bus that much when I was a boy. The bus dropped me off right there on the same. I mean, I didn't have to walk maybe 50 feet, and I was on my porch. But many times I didn't ride the bus. But for some reason, I've been going back to nostalgia land for me, and I do that often. But I've been thinking about getting off that bus as a boy, and for some reason, going into the house, getting my clothes on, and going down to a place at Brooks, getting up on a hill, walking around this old road, and I can just, I've been doing it here, Reese, I don't know why, but man, I've been walking up that road, and I've been seeing all the beautiful hues of orange and yellow and red and gold, and, and you know, I got a gun in my hand. And I don't know, it's just peaceful, because man, I go back to them daytimes when I was a boy, you know, some of you young people, you might think you got it bad, you really don't, you better enjoy your school days. And man, I, I'm walking out that road, and here's what it is. My eyes just see those beautiful leaves. But you know, I've never, I've never walked out that road, even in real life and even in my daydreaming. I've never said, man, that's a pretty tree because it's got pretty roots. Why? Roots are covered. We complement the leaves. We complement the flower. We complement the fruit. But we don't compliment the roots. Say, oh, those are beautiful roots. Look at the roots that tree has. Why? Because they're covered. Can I help y'all today? I don't, I can't see you. Oh, I know you're giving me the look that you choose to give me right now, but to be honest, I can't see really what's in you because you're covered. There might be somebody in here this morning and you're so full of bitterness and I can't tell by looking at you because I can't see your roots. Wow, roots are covered. Number two, roots causes. These roots of bitterness causes hurt. These roots of bitterness, the things that cause this bitterness, these roots, I'm going to tell you, they affect us. They hurt us. They're painful for us. They cause us to hurt. They cause us to think. They cause us to be sorrowful. See, these roots cause. These roots cause. If you're around somebody very long and they're full of bitterness and these roots are covered, but after a while they get uncovered. I'm going to tell you why. Because those very roots that are covered, we're trying to keep hidden, pretty soon causes us. Because when we start continuing to think about these hurts, these roots, what they do is they cause us to hurt. They cause us to sorrow more. They cause us to be affected. Our, our, our laughter is turned to mourning. Our, our peace is turned to turmoil. Why? Because these roots, they are covered, but they cause. But number three, they come up. What's in you? See, I can only see what you're allowing me to see. But to be honest with you, I really can't see what's in you. But I'm going to promise you this. What's in you comes up. There was this young preacher. 
and he was preaching. And man, he had, and by the way, this is true. I don't know of any preacher. I know I did it. I used to listen to preachers. And by the way, if you hear me preach, you hear a little bit of everybody in me. I've had a couple of pastors and they rubbed off on me. There are certain things I say. There are certain uh, maybe gestures that I make. And, and I even think, you know, I'm a Brandon, so I have Brandon in me. And I, someone said, man, you're more and more like your dad and your grandpa. And I said, God help me. Right? Huh? What? Said something wrong. I'll get that later. What did I say wrong? Okay. So I do act a lot like my dad and my grandpa Brandon. Okay. Just making sure. And the older I get, that's true. But there was this young preacher and... and before he started preaching, you know, even when I was in Bible college, here's how I felt safe about preaching a message, Brother Edgy. If somebody else preached it, I knew it was okay to preach. And if I heard somebody say something, I, I just picked that up and said, well, if so-and-so said it, I can say it. So when you're young, you, you're trying to be safe with all that. You want to be biblical, you want to be right. And so this young preacher, he had listened to D.L. Moody, listened to Billy Sunday, man, he listened to C.H. Spurgeon. And I mean, he had listened to all these people. And, and he got up to preach one morning. There was this older lady sitting there in the church. And man, that old boy started to preach. And that old lady said, I'll tell you right now, that's C.H. Spurgeon. Then about that time, he kept preaching there. And, and uh, about that time, she said, well, that sounded like D.L. Moody. And then finally she just said out loud, man, he just kept on preaching. She said, well, I'll tell you what, that sounded like Billy Sunday. And he looked at her, he said, lady, he said, would you please shut up and let me finish your sermon? And she said, and that was you. <laughs> Comes out. What's in you? If I squeeze an orange, what's going to come out of that orange? Orange juice. orange juice. If bitterness is in you, it's going to come out. See, these roots come up. See, roots are covered. These roots cause, but these roots come up. Now tonight, you'll come back. We'll deal with the results of bitterness and we will deal with the remedy of bitterness. Everybody needs to be here. You know why? Number one, we've all been hurt. Number two, these hurts can, they don't have to, they can turn to bitterness. Number three, we're instructed that we're not to follow the grace of God and we are to respond to these hurts with grace. And number four, when dealing with hurts and bitterness, it is not a one-time experience, but it must be exercised over and over and over and over and over and over again. As many times as they spring up. Because the Bible does say, lest we allow a root of bitterness springing up, trouble you 
and thereby many be defiled. So if you're a sermon builder, you've already got the results. It's right there in verse 15. There's two results. Bitterness. They're right there, laid out for you right there in Scripture. Verse 15. Because I want to tell you right now, it will trouble you. It will affect you. And it will affect so many other people. If we do not exercise ourselves unto godliness and the matter of this root, bitterness. Roots are covered. These roots cause, these roots come up. And there's results of that that none of us want. But I thank God there's a remedy to help us with the root, bitterness. And all God's people say it. Can I ask a question just so you'll interact with me? Is my first statement true? How many of you in this building have been hurt? Would you raise your hand? Sure. And you do know that those hurts can. They don't have to. But they can. Turn to bitterness. Number three... We're supposed to deal with those hurts with grace. More than unmerited favor. And I don't like this. But we're to love and give grace like God loves and give grace. And he gave good to us who deserve bad. Number four, it's not a one-time event. You must exercise every time. Those hurts spring up over and over and over. Why? The roots of bitterness, they're covered. They cause hurt. They cause memories. They cause pain. They cause sorrow. They hurt. They just hurt. I mean, they just hurt. And then if we allow that and don't exercise, those roots come up. And I'm going to be honest with you, a bitter person nobody wants to be around. Nobody. So God help us to exercise. How many of you think there's something here for you? Would you raise your hand? Could we stand on our feet? Bow your head and close your eyes just a moment. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here this morning. And let me just be honest. I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm concerned about it. You know what? You're in a good place. You have no enemies here. We love you. And each one of us, if we're saved, we had to come to the same realization that you're coming to today, realizing that you need to be saved. That's a good day. 
But you say, Pastor Mark, I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm just not sure. Would you be honest this morning and say, Pastor Mark, would you pray for me with your uplifted hand? Could I see that hand? You say, that's me, Pastor. Would you please pray for me? Is there anyone like that this morning? Anyone at all? Can I ask this question? How many of you believe something in the message? It was tailor-made. The Holy Spirit of God meant it just for you. Would you be honest? Would you? You're not ashamed of it? You slip your hand up? You know God helped you or something? Can I ask you if you're able? She's going to begin to play something on the piano. Would you come and ask God? Look here. Exercise. Start today. Exercise. It's not a one-time event. Exercise. You know, I, I believe... Someone might ask, say, you doing okay today? What would be wrong? Say, well, I just want you to know I'm exercising right now. <laughs> exercising. See, that, that's not saying you're unspiritual. It's not also saying that you're not prone to struggle. But what you're doing is you're exercising unto godliness. Brother Robert has a special need and Brother Robert, I don't know if you're able to get down. That's fine. Don't do anything. But can we get a few men to come around Brother Robert here and just pray with him? He has a special need. has a special need. Special need. Stonewall loved this little girl so much, was so close to her, he left his 
medic there, his own personal doctor, Dr. McGuire, he left her with him, with her, to help her. And she died. And he wept and cried. And his, even his staff said, through all this hardness of war, and he's seen all of these men die, and all this horror of war, but with this little girl died, he cared for that little girl. But here's what I say, she died of scarlet fever. And if she would have had a remedy, she would have lived. Now look here. Y'all gonna get a remedy tonight and it's better than amoxicillin. Somebody say amen. How many of y'all ever had amoxicillin? Penicillin? That's a remedy. Thank God. Now look, we're glad that we can get we can get over strep throat, but look at me. We all need a remedy for bitterness. And it's just as sure and as tried as penicillin with strep throat. I don't know if that's very good medical, but that's good preaching. Wouldn't you agree, Brother Sexton? That's good preaching, isn't it? Come back for the remedy. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. We'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And Lord, I pray you'll help all of us today. Lord, all of us get hurt. All of us. And Lord, all of these hurts can turn into bitterness. They don't have to, but they can. But Lord, you tell us and instruct us to deal with these hurts in grace. But Lord, we've learned that it is an exercise. It's not a one-time mystical event. So Lord, I pray you'll help us. Bring us back tonight at the appointed time. We thank you for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of y'all have ever thought about uh, promotion? You know, you leave something out, you dangle something out there. So why don't he just give it to us? Well, I, I don't want to just give it to you because I'm going to try to make you try to come back tonight. God bless you. Have a good evening, afternoon.